Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You can relax. Colleen and Eric have a podcast. The world is scary and we're locked in our home. But now we have big microphones. So you can relax. That's the name of our podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Relax. Hi. I'm Colleen Ballinger. And I, uh, according to the Google News alert, my mother has set to her internet, I'm your husband. Mm-hmm. Eric. You are my husband. And we have this weird podcast where we just kind of hang out and talk about uh, whatever we want. And if that interests you, you should listen. And if it doesn't, maybe don't listen. Should I not encourage Way people to, really to not listen? Way to really sell it. Yeah, wow. <laughs> today, well, I'm nervous today because today we are doing something that I'm scared of. We are re-watching the first episode of Haters Back Off, um, which is how we met was through that show. And um, I haven't watched it since it came out. Yeah, there's there's like a podcast um, trend right now where podcasts are, are literally just re-watching old classic television shows. And uh, this is how we met was on a show. Yeah. And Eric listens to there's one like The Sopranos, which is his favorite show. And he listens yeah. to that one. And then also, obviously, we listen to In Love, Angela Kinsey. She has one about The Office, The Office, Office Ladies, Ladies. Um, with Jenna Fisher. And she played my mom on Haters Back Off. So, um, you know, I guess this is something people do. And so since this is a television show that we are both on, we're like, maybe we should do this and see how it goes. And if you guys like it, we'll do more. But first, we need to talk about who needs to relax this week. Ugh. Lovey, do you have someone that needs to relax this week? I do. What is lovey. it? Who is it? What is it? I think that flavored trash bags flavored? need to relax. Who's yeah. eating trash bags? Well, you're not eating. Well, what do you want me to say? Scented? Yes, what do they say? Scented. I call them flavored. Love. No one, <laughs> I'm not eating the trash, trash bags, bags per se, but like I might as well be because of how how much it's in your face. Why do we? What, yeah. what are we scenting trash bags for? Honestly, uh, well, that's kind of obvious. Are you are being? Is that a serious question? Are you just saying you're saying that trash smells? Yeah, I, mean, I would when you rather smell... smell trash than trash mixed with lavender chamomile bag. I agree with that. I think that it it becomes its own more more pungent, more like in your face smell when you have a, as I said, flavored trash bag. Scented. I, I get get rid of this. This is something we do not need. It. I think it is a horrible. Uh, okay. Evolution in the whole trash bag industry. I, I, I agree. Were they bored? Were they just like, what if we scented them? I agree with you. And no, actually, them? okay, wait, you're losing everyone here, love, because I think everyone's going to agree with you, but you got to make sure you're on the right track here because you can't, first of all. How am I off track? Because you're, you're right. I know. However, you can't say, why would they do this? Because it's very odd. Like when you think you put on deodorant, you spray perfume to make yourself smell good. You, the, you is do this, this covering the smell? Is this, is this guising See, this like is any thing. of the trash odor? I, I do think it was a really great idea. Poor execution. I feel like if oh, there okay. were trash bags. I'm with you now. Okay. If there were trash bags, like think about your That's, favorite scent. Like scent is not a flavor it would a ruin scent. it would ruin that scent then no what if it was i can't smell lavender now without this, thinking about trash bags what if the science was good enough 
that like the second you put it in that trash bag, there's, you smell no trash. You only smell this delectable smell. Like I love the smell of pine, like Christmas tree. Like if I it could, would be pine trash. I no, I'm saying. I think what you're saying. What if we sent trash. trash bags like trash? We make what? I, this is what I'm. I don't know. No. What is this pitch meeting? No, I'm saying like you, the point of it is to, so that you it's masking the stink. It's masking the stink. You know what right. I'm saying? So that's what they're trying to do, but they're failing at it. And I agree with you. Because- I think that smell is back. If you're trying to mask the scent of trash, have the scent be back. So that way. No, but then you just smell the trash. So you'd rather just smell plastic and go trash? go back to the good old days where trash just smelled like trash and not. Okay. Febreze I, I agree with you. I agree with you because I think that they're like, it smells like Hawaiian flower and it actually just smells like a little vomity. Oh, even now like, thinking about it. So I, I agree with the sensor off, the execution is off, but I, I appreciate the idea of it. Cause like who wants to smell stinky trash? Cause then if your, your trash is stinky, but it's not full and you have to take it out before it's, it's like a waste, you know? So it's like, if you can mask the stank and fill the trash at the top, then you're good to go. You know what I'm saying? Also, it is a scent. It's not a flavor. A flavor is something you taste in I your mouth. I call them flavor trash bags. Um, but that's not what they're called, And then when though. you close them up, you get that whiff. It's just... it's just. Uh, I agree. I agree. But it is not a flavor. I guess maybe you can taste it. It's, I the do scent ta- is so I, bad I, I that you taste, taste it. Unwillingly. Yeah. So I, I agree with you, love. But I also don't. You know what I'm saying? All right. So I'm giving you a job. You're the president of Glade right now. Mm-hmm. You're in charge of the trash is bag. Is it Glade? I always I thought it was Glad. It's Glade, isn't it? Gladdy? It's G-L-A-D-E. Yeah, there's an E on the end. Why did I think it was... Okay, anyway, continue. They're not paying us. Um, yeah. <laughs> you're the president of Glad. Okay, my dream job. Uh, big boardroom meeting, setting the scene. Here you are. You're talking to your flavor division. Mm-hmm. What do you tell them? Well, we wouldn't have a flavor division because that would be implying that we're going to encourage people to eat trash bags. And mm-hmm. as the president, I don't condone eating of trash bags because they're not edible Uh at least this line is not good i would say we need to hire the top scientists in the universe yeah not just the world the universe i know they're working on vaccines right now give us a few this is more important yeah it's not i that was a joke um (laughs) i feel like i have to clarify when i'm joking sometimes um but i i would say we need to figure out a way to make this smell amazing and actually hide the smell of trash. We don't want the smell of lavender and garbage. We don't want the smell of Hawaiian, you know, hibiscus yeah. and trash. We just want the smell of the good part. So let's make that happen. Yeah. And that would be our just goal. Just rethink your whole business model there. Well, I think that was their goal and that just didn't get executed. Anyway, um, okay, that's great. Now, uh, for me, this might be like controversial, my thing that needs to relax. I don't know Did if I'm going to get in trouble of it for this. beforehand. Yeah. Oh wow. This I don't think this is a this is a relax first. You've actually thought of it beforehand. Well, this has been like kind of bugging me a little bit, and I don't want to get anyone in trouble. So this is not you know I'm, I'm genuinely not trying to get anyone in trouble, but I like want to just bring it up because it's a haters back off episode. You look mortified. Oh, I just thought it was going to be personal. I thought it was going to be about me. No, no, oh, no, okay. no, no, no. Um, no, I. What needs to relax? I mean, you do need to relax. But so do I, you know, and I don't mean that in a mean way. I just mean that like, and I want that for you kind of way. Thanks. I love you. Um, no, what needs to relax is someone has been selling items from Haters Back Off from the set, like has been selling stuff from the set of Haters Back Off and like profiting off of it. I thought we had it all in our garage. No, we have my costumes and we have a couple of other random items. Like I have some of Emily's paintings. I have some artwork that was on the walls. 
Random props. Ra- not even really, like I barely any props. One of Patrick's jackets. Yeah, I mostly just have the costumes and we have the bicycles. Um, yes. Because when the show got canceled, I was like, send me anything that you can because I know well, I, after a while gets This is the first away. I'm hearing of this. Are you serious? Yeah. Wh- you haven't well, heard of this? How would I have heard of it? You because it's told on the internet. Like it. someone, people keep sending this to me. And I, no, like I, I said, I'm not trying to get. Any, like they're allowed. I don't own this stuff. Netflix owns the show. Netflix owns all the stuff. But I'm like sad because I'm like, wait, if you don't want it, send it to me. Don't like profit off of. And the thing that's frustrating is what is getting sold is that I saw. I'm sure there's more. But what I saw the screenshot of is someone is selling the artwork that was done for the intro, like the the whole intro music where it's like all the Miranda art. Yeah. Someone's selling all that, which me and Corey did the majority of that along with the um, art department. department, But this was, we filmed that during post-production. And so we didn't have like the full creative team like we usually do. So we needed a whole art wall. And so Corey and I, Corey was like, paper mache Miranda heads and like sewing dolls and like we were painting and Crayola crayon and like every version of art. So someone my apartment was full ac- of Miranda art access to like a Vancouver studio found it back all room found all like, this art I'm and it's selling on, it on where on like eBay. I feel like I need to, I don't know because like I said, I don't want to, I feel I don't like you're just encouraging people listening uh, to go buy it. Well, I, you know what? Honestly, I'd rather like the fans go get it than like randos. You know what I mean? Cause well, I, don't I don't think know. randos are like, I, well, I don't you know. know. This is a common practice. Like there are like totally. movie and TV show memorabilia of websites where you can buy. Which is why, by the way, I'm not even allowed to be upset about this. And I'm not upset. I'm just like, oh, I wish I could just have it. Um, but I'm not mad about it because I know this is how it works. I don't own this stuff. Like Netflix owns yeah. it. This happens. But I still was like, wait, what? Okay, so hold on. I have to find it. So here we go. I've, I found it. It's on iCollector.com. What? You're like advertising for them now. I know, but Keep I don't know. Up. Look it. It's like oh, artwork wow. from you the show. Kidding. I'm not kidding. Yeah, this is stuff like I painted that one. Um, I painted that one. Yeah, Corey did that one. Very recognizable these from are, the opening credits. Yeah, these are from the opening credits. It's stuff that like... Corey and I made and the art department made. Um, and the current bid is $20. Canadian, though. Is that more or less? I don't know what Canadian. it is right now. But they're, wait, so they're selling it all or just one particular item for $20? Oh, my God. This paper mache head got smushed to bits. But I'm like, oh, I wish I had that. Because, is it just that or is it more things than just the Well, that's the only thing from- I've seen. But I'm, I think there was other stuff at one point and I just ignored it because I was like, oh, that made me sad. But, um, oh, but like I, I said, I it's, not it my, it's not my... I just hope whoever's getting the money is like the people who deserve it. You know what I mean? Because what I would do with those is I would keep my favorites and then I would auction off the rest for childhood cancer for my fundraiser every year. I know. Yeah, I know you would. So I'm like, oh no. Yeah, maybe they're, you know, maybe they're going through something. Maybe I'll buy it. Maybe you could buy it. And but you help also, them out, but like, like I said, this is not throwing shade or hate towards whoever is doing it. There, there's no, there's literally, it's, they're allowed to do that. I'm assuming. Yeah, well, if maybe they, they own it and they're like work for Netflix or work maybe for they the production had to company store and store it, and they needed the space, and they're like, oh, yeah. maybe I'll, you know, I mean, you don't know what people. If anything, this pandemic no has taught us we could be empathetic to. Of course, but I'm just saying, people. like, I was like, wait, no, don't sell those things because what if someone gets it and they don't even want it and then they just throw it away or like I'm like, but I want it. Oh my god, like I just kind of panic. So is there is there a prop from so maybe a, I need to relax. I, I was yeah, saying they like need to relax. Uh, but maybe it's just. I is need there to like a prop that you can think of from a TV show or movie that, that you're a fan of that you're like, oh, I wish if that was like online at auction, like I. Um, I waiting for that. Geffman, one of the stools from Stool Boom. I would oh, like that's great. That's a good one. 
And that was the first thing that came to mind. But I'm sure there's plenty of things. Anything from a Mary Kate Ashley movie, I would, uh-huh. I would buy that. Okay. Quickly, I yes, those things. But I don't know how much I would spend. There's this uh, leather jacket in The Sopranos mm-hmm. that Tony Soprano is it for sale? Is gifted in this episode? I, no, it's not. But I've I've uh, Dreamt I've of looked it? for like Sopran. I have before, like looked online for like Sopranos props. Mm-hmm. Uh, Did you find anything? You I looked for you Christmas really, for yeah, you. You can't find much. I couldn't. I could find like signed, like autographed scripts. And mm-hmm. I was like, are these real? You know what I mean? Because it's like, I don't know. Yeah, autographs a, like online from random sites. Yeah, is, it's kind of like, like weird. People sell my industry. autograph and it's not mine. If you see my autograph for sale online, it's not mine because <laughs> I don't, I don't sign things and then give them to people to like sell. Unless it was like I signed it for someone at a stage door and then later they're like, I'm going to sell Queen's Playbill. But I don't, I don't. If, I've seen it on Amazon, like Colleen's signature. And I'm like, I didn't sign that. I don't know. Did you ever is. ask anyone for an autograph before? Yes. Um, only like when I'd see Broadway shows. You would, you would be at the I'd stage be at door? I'd be at the stage door. Yeah. That's why that was such a huge moment for me when I walked out opening night and saw those people wanting my autograph, like made me sob. Of waitress. When of you waitress. waitress yeah. um, for the first time, because I used to wait and yeah. forever. And that's why I made a point to go out after every single show, no matter how much I missed Flynn, no matter how I didn't, how I felt, no matter how tired I was, I was like, I will go out after every show and sign every single playbill. Like I made sure to do that. So I couldn't take pictures with every single person cause it would have taken too long. Um, because I had a baby, but I made sure to sign every single playbill because that was something that was devastating to me when I would go to a Broadway show and wait for hours and then they wouldn't come out and I wouldn't get their signature. It like would break my heart. Just some, I was like, did you have like an autograph book or just like playbills? I'd have them sign whatever playbill. I never got any like worth mentioning though. Like I really wanted Sutton Foster's. I saw her in Drowsy Chaperone and she didn't even come out. And I understand I'm not shading her because doing it shows week is exhausting. And there were plenty of times where I was like, I'm so tired. I don't know if I can get through it. Like she slept in the theater. What do you mean she didn't come out? There's probably a separate of exit. Yeah. Um, so anyway, all that is interesting information, I guess, but I'm sure you guys want to hear us talk about haters back off. So how we're going to do it, I'm going to explain it. Um, how we're going to do it is uh, we were going to watch it and then just talk about it now, but instead what we're going to do is we're going to watch it with you guys. So if you want to pull it up and watch along with us, please do. It's going to be on mute for us. So you don't hear the episode and us at the same time. Yeah. Or if you're, or if you're driving this, I feel like this will still be interesting and if you haven't seen the show, like, uh, it's, it's great. I, I will say like unbiasedly. And even as we're now married and have a, have a child together, like we met doing this show and, uh, I can honestly say it's my, the favorite job mm-hmm. I've ever had as an actor, like the project I'm most proud of. Like, I think it really holds up and will be like this kind of cult classic for generations if if it's it's always there people can find it i mean i think so i think i just think it's like the comedy and the heart of it is so so layered and thought out and 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 genius and there's so much passion behind it from you and and everybody involved that like i think it's really great and i and i hope that people don't somehow dismiss it as like this this youtuber got a netflix show or what you know what i mean like does that make sense yeah i think a does lot that of sound people backhanded do. somehow no, like with, i don't know how to like word it i right, think but like, like it's very um it's very specific taste like you either like it or you don't and that's kind of what we we're going for we weren't hoping people didn't like it but we we're like we're gonna make the writers we we're like we we're gonna make a show that we love and we think is funny and um when the reviews came out for it one of the writers on the show who's incredible justin he's such an incredible incredibly talented writer. He, um, 
he's, I, we got some great reviews and we got some reviews that were like, I don't get it. And, yeah, um, and he's, and I was kind of, I didn't read any reviews. I still have not, not even the good ones. I haven't read any of them because I just want to remember the project, how I remember it. Um, but you know, I came into work and they were talking about the reviews and I was like, Oh, people said they didn't like it. And he was like, Colleen, that's what you want. He's like, you, you didn't, you came in here and you said, I'm not trying to make a TV show that everyone's seen. I want this to be unique and different. It's Miranda. It's gotta be weird. It's gotta be different. He's like, you can't make a weird, different, unique show and everyone will like it. That doesn't exist. Like if you want to make a fluffy, like show that's generic, you can do that, but that's not what you set out to do. And I was like, Oh, that's true. And he's like, so you actually got exactly what you wanted, which was like, people either get it or they don't. And awesome if they get it. And if they don't, that's fine too. Like it's, you know, and the way he worded it to me, I was like, Oh, that's so true. I didn't want to make a show that everyone just loved. It's like a, I wanted to make sure that well, I loved. it's like that band you discover in middle school and it's like yours and you, you, you love them. You know what I mean? But like not everybody it, back, back to my point, And I, yeah, I don't, and I'm not like blowing smoke here, but like you, like a lot of YouTubers, whatever, like, and you are like a, a bit now, like, you know, your personality and people know you personally and, and love you for, for you and sharing, but like you got your start, like as a quote unquote YouTuber before that word even existed with this character based off on, off of character work and your talent as, a, as, as creating this, this character and, and acting that part and this show is so derivative of of that um yeah i don't i'm nervous to watch it but before we before we get into it i do want to say thank you to our first sponsor of the day which is calm we love calm the calm app is amazing um you guys sleep we all need sleep right just some of us aren't very good at sleeping me um <laughs> a lot me also. Of, also eric but one thing that has helped us to be able to sleep is this calm app um it is something that helps me so much when i'm having nights where my mind is just racing it calms down my mind um it gets me to like try to get back on track of focusing on like how do i fall asleep right now as opposed to thinking of the million things on my to-do list so if you guys are having trouble sleeping this might be something that you would want to check out. Um, we're so excited to partner with them today. The app is designed to help you ease stress and get the best sleep of your life. And when you relieve anxiety and improve your sleep, you feel better in every part of your life. Calm is a whole library of programs designed for healthy sleep, like soundscapes, guided meditations, and over 100 sleep stories. Over 85 million people around the world use Calm to take care of their minds and get better sleep. And if you go to calm.com slash RCE, you'll get a limited time offer of 40% off a Calm Calm premium subscription, which includes hundreds of hours of programming. Get the Calm app and experience a transformation in the way you sleep. And I just want to say for us, like, yes, it has helped calm my mind on those nights with insomnia, but also like randomly throughout the day, we use this. Like, Eric's been using this app. Yeah, I like to do so the, me- the meditation breaks. Like, yeah, yeah, I almost like need them now. Yeah, since before they sponsored us, we've been using and paying for this app. That's true, we really yeah. love it. If you are a listener of the show, Calm is offering a special limited time promotion at 40% off a Calm premium subscription at calm.com slash RCE. That's 40% off unlimited access to Calm's entire library and new content is added every week. Get started today at calm.com slash RCE. That's calm.com slash RCE. Yay. So it is time to watch Haters Back Off. Eric is queuing it up right now. So we're going to be watching it and we'll tell you when to pause 
pause so we can talk about stuff if we need to pause ever, but we'll probably just kind of be talking over it the whole time. Um, and so what explaining, was the last time you, you've watched the pilot episode of Haters Back I really don't remember. It was a very, Netflix very long time ago. We talked about this a little bit in the last episode of the podcast. Um, basically, I am terrified to watch the show. I... I I'm, it's it's a if you want to know the reason why you can go listen to the end of the last podcast. But basically, it's hard for me to listen to or to watch the show because um, it was a very important big part of my life that is very special to me. And so um, to watch it, I'm very proud of it. I love it, and there's a lot of wonderful good memories attached to it. And that's why it makes me sad. It like it makes me sad that it's over. I guess, and um, it was just a very special part of my life. So we're going to push play on this thing. I'll tell you when we push play so you can watch along at the same time if you'd like to, or you can just listen um, to us talk about it. So here we go. Oh gosh. I don't know how technology works. All right. I'm pushing play right now. Okay. Oh gosh. I'm already nervous. I'm like pretty stressed right now. Uh, So it starts off with Miranda making a YouTube video and it like looks like an old YouTube video. Which I thought was so great. Uh, This was like, uh, this was scary for a lot of people on the team because they thought it would make people be like, what is this? And turn it off. Like, and I don't want to call anyone out, but there are a lot of people like producers on the team who are like, I don't know if you should start, start, start it like, like this. Like, Cause people are going to assume that the whole series looks like it was shot on like a home VHS right. uh, camera. But I can remember like seeing this for the first time mm-hmm. in the, the Vista theater in Los Angeles at like our premiere and just, uh, yeah. Feeling it. I was wearing an earwig, like a little earpiece, so I could hear the music. And yeah, those are tough. I hated that. Yeah, those thing. things are. Because it like screams white noise in mm-hmm. your ear. And by the way, they had to CGI it out when they circle around me. I love the camera move here. So the director of this episode, Andrew Gaynard, is genius, brilliant. Yeah, so genius. And he had this idea of you know, starting, we wanted to start in the YouTube video, but then to swirl around me and swirl around the entire room. And I remember like my first day in Vancouver, I think, where the first day every, the cast got to Vancouver. Did you rehearse like, um, the camera move? Yeah, we rehearsed it with an iPhone. Like he walked around me with an iPhone just mm-hmm. to see what it would look like if you wrapped the camera around me. And then you kind of see Steve and for the first of, time out yeah, of focus. So it reveals, like, Wait, there. Yeah, so yeah. it reveals Uncle Jim for the first time that like someone is watching, but it's out of focus and like, and I love this camera move. I yeah, think it's so pretty. Yeah, kudos to the camera ops on this too and lighting that they could just circle around you without cutting. Mm-hmm. Well, and I love it because... Twice, I feel like they... Up until this point, everyone knew Miranda as like, you know, making YouTube videos. And they saw it was... It starts how everyone knows Miranda. Right. And then for the first time, you're in Miranda's actual world. You're in her room with her. You've I seen her online for years. And for the first time ever, you see what happens before and after the camera's on and off. Oh, and here's Steve, Steve Little as Uncle Jim turning off the camera. He is the funniest person in the universe. Yeah. Um, it, it was so hard not to laugh. Like every scene with him for every take. I did. Um, he's, he's incredible. also just the best dude mm-hmm. like ever. I uh, love him so, so, so much. And he is the perfect uncle Jim. So he, um, <laughs> he's so funny. I love him so much. So this was like such an exciting reveal for me to reveal Uncle Jim. I think this is the thing I was most excited about because I talked about Uncle Jim so many times over the years in my videos. This is the first time you're seeing him. So here's the intro. All these 
All, all these things, things are, are for sale, sale I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, that one's for sale. Yeah, some of these are for sale. So, okay, here's an interesting oh, question. Oh, here's an f- interesting... Sorry to cut you off. Oh, I'll just, I want to say it while I think of it. So, the, all our names and all the handwriting, haters back off. Oh, I'm going to pause it. Pause it right now, everyone. Pause it at the end of the intro. Sorry, this is how this is going to be. This is a horrible yeah. idea. Um, <laughs> I just want to say this one thing. Yeah. No, so, I remember when I was like, we should do this, like, that I wouldn't get to speak no I, want, no I really want to hear everything you have to say there's just my brain i haven't watched this in years so my brain is like filled with information so all the um writing like hate where it says haters back off yeah you did all it, of right? our names i wrote it out it's my actual handwriting and the haters back off logo that you know ended up on the cast chairs on all the scripts everywhere that was written on the back of a script in the writer's room. They're like, they want to know if you have like a logo or something that you want to use for this. And I was like, ugh, I don't know. And they needed something right away. So I just, on, I flipped my script over that we were writing at the time, wrote haters back off in Sharpie. And I took a picture of it and just sent it to them. I was like, just use this for now and we'll make it, we'll make something different later. And we never did. So the haters back off logo is something I they have you do it on like a stylus or something like on no, an iPad Sharpie. And I took a picture with my iPhone and then they just and I off emailed of it to Netflix and was like, just use this for now because we they wanted something for those actual script pages. So like when we got scripts, it's so funny. Haters back now off. that's what's on the posters. Yeah. So um, and all the handwriting of our all our names and the crossing out of the misspellings and stuff that was my handwriting too. So anyway, what were you going to say, love? I was just going to ask about like the origin of the the Miranda Wall since because i don't i don't know like how that all started did you start getting actual yeah. fan drawings and mail and then like put all this like like was there one miranda drawing that you put behind you and then it became two and then no a hundred like i started getting fan mail and fan art and i it blew my mind because you know i'm just this girl posting videos to the internet to like make my friends laugh and then it like got popular to what address and like they were just they would find your no, address like when and i send would it? tour they would give them to oh, me okay and then eventually i did open up a p.o box because i would get you know gifts and homemade fun things from people at my live wow. shows and letters and and art and i thought that was mind-blowing that like people took the time to draw a picture of me strangers it, it that is. i didn't know it's, it is yeah and so I've kept over the last decade every fan art, every letter I've boxes ever received. And boxes, boxes and boxes. I have every single one because to me that means so much that someone took time out of their day to use their art to like do something that had to do with me. Like that's crazy to me. So I remember that was really special to me when I started receiving those. And I was like, what do I do with these? Because like I want to keep them and and some of them are so cool I want to show them off so then thinking as a character I was like well what would she do with these Mm -hmm. and I was like oh she'd put them up like she'd have pictures of herself everywhere she'd make it her back yeah she'd be like this has to be everywhere to show how famous I am because that seemed so narcissistic to me to have someone be like I'm going to put pictures like case in point if you're watching behind (laughs) us is posters of haters back off and pictures of ourselves but um to me that was like so narcissistic that someone would be like I'm just going to put photos of myself all over the walls of drawings that other people have done of me. Um, but in reality, I, me as Colleen, like just thought it was so sweet that people were doing so that. And I wanted to show it there, off. They weren't there, but then all of a sudden there was a Miranda mm-hmm. video where there was a wall of fan drawings yeah. behind you. Yeah. I don't remember the first one, but yeah, that that's happened. So cool. Anyway. All right. Let's get back to so the that's episode. what the opening like credit sequence. Yeah. So that's the opening credit. And now we're pushing play again. Um, now. So a lot of people have asked um, what, what year this show was 
because like when you look at YouTube, it looks so old. This was supposed to be in real time of Miranda, Miranda's career. So that way we thought we could do it for so many seasons. We could go forever because if we started, you know, now it's 11, 12, 13 years ago, um, then we could just go forever. But we wanted the show to be kind of confusing. It's kind of like when you watch Napoleon Dynamite, you're like, what year is this? Yeah. Like, this is what, where, because these people are so out of touch re- with reality. They don't know what's in fashion. They don't know what's normal and what's cool. This whole, this little town they live in, that's kind of the feeling we wanted. So it does follow. Oh, we're about, I'm pausing because I'm just going to talk over this. Oh, gosh. I'm we're, pausing. We will it. never get through this 24 minute episode. I'm sorry, guys. Episode. I'm sorry. Um, I think that's fine. This is all really interesting to me. So we paused it right as Miranda left the room to go see Patrick. We heard the bicycle bell. So, and I want to make sure we're paying attention to that because that's very important to me. Um, but uh, anyway, I wanted the show to to take place when these things took place. So Miranda's first viral video, I wanted to happen when my first video actually did go viral. And I wanted to follow the course of, so Miranda's going to New York City for the first time. I wanted that to be in the year that that actually happened to me. So 2000? It was 2008 that my first video went viral. But we never wanted to say that until now I'm revealing it because we wanted people to not be like, have a stigma or an idea of what, when this time was, I wanted it to be kind of can like people could think it was now or people mm. could think it was then, but the YouTube of it all very much makes it look dated. And we, yeah, they did a great job with that. But we, like I said, we also wanted it to look like these people, if this, you know, we all have flip phones in the show. If this show did take place in 2021, these people would still have flip phones. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like these, they're these, timeless in a way. They're not, they're just, not up to date and with right. what is cool and what is not, I guess. Um, so anyway, that is all that. I have so much to say about the bedroom that I have not gotten into. Do but, it. Um, the house is all based on my actual house that I grew up in. So there's no closet door on that closet because that is how my closet is at home mm-hmm. in my childhood bedroom. I see it now, like now knowing you yeah. and, and having seen your childhood home. All the furniture is very similar to the furniture I grew up with. There's porcelain dolls above Miranda's bed. I mean, we had inc- a cr- incredible set designers. Set, um, the uh-huh. art department was uh, un- unreal amazing. And they just were like, give us pictures of your childhood I haven't seen this since having now been to your childhood home. Yeah. So it's, so it's, yeah, it's kind of strange. Yeah. Um, and so <laughs> that's ev- that room. I know. Like it's they literally did a really room. good job. When my niece and nephews came to set for the first time, they walked into the garage set, which is like packed full of junk and they go, Oh my gosh, it's grandma's garage. <laughs> they like knew it as like the set looks very similar to the home I grew up in. So the porcelain dolls, what I was going to say is I collected porcelain dolls as a kid. So they would ask questions about like my life and how I grew up in the home I grew up in. And then sometimes I would say things, they'd be like, what? That's so weird. And then they'd put that in the home. I so know. they were amazing. Great so, team all around yes. to like kind of pull that. Like, so you know amazing. what I mean? As like reference and make so it amazing. come to life. Okay. So now we're getting into Eric. Well, the bicycle bell has rang. That bicycle bell rang. And this scene was literally on my first day of shooting. Mm-hmm. It was my first day of shooting, as, of, of acting. The first scene we shot together was the, the rain scene when mm-hmm. it's raining. Um, but it's this was the three. second scene we shot. Like, so my second scene ever for the show. Um, and the first one where we really interact. Mm-hmm. And I can remember um, in between, like after like the first take or the first rehearsal, then kind of going to you and Andrew and just being like, who is this guy? Like literally trying to figure it out in the moment, like just how 
Yeah. Like his base for reality, like how neurotic he, you know what I mean? Like, and how, how can it be genuine? And mm-hmm. um, you did such a great job making it genuine. Um, those the shots are so awesome. Yeah. Our, our director wide angle lens from underneath. The reason we hired Andrew Gaynard as the director for so many episodes was because he came into um, the interview with us and the way he pitched how he wanted to shoot the show was like incredible. He's like, I want wide angle lenses right up in your face. Like, um, that was really important to me that I still looked gross, even with really expensive, fancy cameras. And he achieved that. <laughs> like disgusting. But this was my first day of shooting, too. The froze toast and you eating that. Mm-hmm. Oh, this. Thing. The popsicle. You could the not bubble. a bubble with that gum to I'm, save I'm, your life. I'm pausing it again. If you're watching along, pause as right as Miranda's going back into the house. Um, the Yeah, the blowing the bubble was awful because... I was, I ate, I think 50 popsicles that day because we shot so many scenes outside the house that day. So by the time we had shot this scene, Eric and I had already done rain scene for hours where there was pouring rain on us and he was soaking wet, like head to toe drenched and then had to be for hours and then had to be like blow dried and multiple people with multiple blow dryers, just all over his everywhere and trying to get him dry (laughs) off and warm. And then we shot this scene. So we'd already had a crazy morning and I'd already eaten a bunch of popsicles and it was my first time filming in, in this situation as an actress, you know, I'd been on set already, like when other actors were acting, but this is my first these were my first scenes and I was so nervous. You Dude, can, these were your first scenes acting too? Did you not shoot anything? Yeah. No, this? no, nothing. Yeah, I thought so. Cause this was like day two or three. It was, of day, shooting. Two. It was day two. It was day two. And, um, day one, we shot the scenes at the grocery store with Angela. But uh-huh. I remember in episode three, the rain scene, you can see my lip, my jaw quivering from nerves. You can see like I'm shaking from how nervous I was. I wonder if you remember this. We shot in North Vancouver and our base camp was away from the house. This like the exterior of the suburban house. So they had us in like a parking lot of like a school where like the trailers and base camp was. And there was this weird kind of like pollen thing happening where like all like the pollen from all the trees was like, it looked like snow in the parking lot. Of where? Of where our base camp was, uh, which is where they keep all the trailers, like makeup hair and whatever. And then they'll shuttle you to set. I do remember that. uh, If you don't know. But there was like this weird like pollen. It was pretty. Craziness (laughs) happening. Yeah. Where all these, it was just floating everywhere, but like piling up on the street. Like it was just a very surreal morning. By the way, like we had to be there at 5.30 a.m. And then we're shooting this by 7 a.m. Mm-hmm. And um, So early. We, why is acting so early all the time? We need a daylight. That's why. But uh, one other fun, interesting thing, uh, perhaps, is about the scene. Right now, we are paused on like the wide, very wide shot of Eric and I uh, right before Miranda walks in the house. And I we wanted we shot in Vancouver because the show takes place in a town right outside of Tacoma, Washington. Miranda says she's from Tacoma, but in reality, she's from like a small little town outside of Tacoma. Like not many people live there. And um, so we wanted it to be cloudy and gray. We wanted the tone of the show to be like yellows, browns, grays, like like kind of 70s colors is kind of what we were going for. And we wanted lots of clouds. So we knew we couldn't shoot it in Los Angeles. We wanted it to be so it, we were deciding between Portland, Oregon and Vancouver to shoot. And yeah, I remember that. Like, the, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. And we initially. ended up shooting in Vancouver, which I'm so glad it's now one of my favorite cities in the whole world. Um, but somehow every time we shot outside, Gorgeous. Gorgeous. Not in a season cloud one. In season the one. Sky. Season two wasn't like that. But season one, beautiful, bright blue, gorgeous sky. So all the clouds 
in the scenes where you can see the sky outside the house are CGI'd and like edited in. Like those are not real clouds. I'm sure. And I like, mm-hmm. I don't even know how you do that. And I wouldn't have noticed, but beautiful blue, gorgeous day. And we had to like make Never it seen look anyone ugly. so upset. It was a beautiful day. Well, that's something that everyone would talk about on set. They're like, Colleen is so interesting to work with. They wouldn't say interesting. They wouldn't just be like, I've never worked with someone who's like, no, that's not ugly enough or that's not janky enough. Can we make it jankier? They, janky was Can- your word. Canada, yeah. they all made fun of me in Canada. Like all the people on the team would be like, we've never heard the word janky before. And now I wonder what the, I need to look up where that comes from, but they they're all like you say that all the time like i wanted to look gross but like beautifully gross do you know what i mean like i had a very specific vision and everyone was on board and everyone felt the same way you kind of had a hand in every little detail in that way i was so lucky to have i'd never seen that before so many people be so collaborative yeah but as an actor i'd never seen that before to whereas like my co-star in these scenes was had also written it was also an executive producer and was also like adjusting props and 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 set pieces with her own hands like the floor in the house is not dirty enough like balling up trash and moving things around and going back and looking at what you see in the frame and like moving things like i had never experienced that before as an actor like the person i'm acting with is like also doing all the things i was just kind of like well blown away by it and i'm just like it's so cool that you got to to i am so lucky because that doesn't exist seasons of their own Television is so it's so incredible. I just feel very lucky that Netflix let me to have such a heavy hand on the show and also that the team we put together was so collaborative. They were so yeah. talented and so amazing. I learned so much from them. But also I'd never been in a situation like this before, so I didn't know that wasn't normal. I thought if you created a show like you need to care about it passionately enough that you want to have like you want to help in every aspect. You want to help with the costumes, you want to help with the props, you want to help with the set deck like all that and I had to learn like, that's not how this it's works. Not generally. I mean, it's like um, maybe, yeah, they don't, they're usually just not, they're not there, let, let alone like yeah. on camera. And, and. But I, I mean, everyone, like I said, was incredible to work with and taught me so much. And I'm so grateful for everyone who worked on the show and how patient they were with me and like willing to work with me. And it's, I felt like everyone who worked on the show for the most part was passionate about it as well. Cause it was something different and weird um, so anyway, oh, the crew crew loved working on it because it was so weird and funny and, and strange. And I think they were used to working on like a lot of things that shoot in Vancouver are more like dramas and more, not yeah. anymore, but back then. Yeah. Yeah. Like lots of like gloomy kind of drama. Um, yeah. Traditional television, let's say to whereas this was just like, so out of the box. It was very strange, but it was super fun. So anyway, um, there's that scene. Um, I feel like I have talked so much. And we're not going to get through this episode. By the way, we're doing this during our son's nap right now. And um, he's definitely going to wake up very soon. And we might have to finish this tonight. But I'm pushing play again as Miranda walks into the house. So if you want to continue watching along, that's where we're at. Um, I love this shot so much. This was another thing I had to kind of fight for was like how long. That bicycle is so heavy, I by know. the way. I was sweating and exhausted from doing this take up your take. get the popsicle stick. Um, how long and quiet some of the scenes were. I loved the painfully awkward silence and long yeah, takes. Yeah, I was shocked when I first saw this that like you that kept whole that kept... whole thing as as is. Was there anything different that you did physically for the look of Miranda from, from YouTube to the show? Because you were... Were you trying to get that time back of when you first started? Like, or uh, I tried to make her as close to the, like her costume was different, obviously, but it was as close to the original Miranda as possible. Like when I started Miranda, that's what inspired the look of Miranda in the show. Now Angela's on the screen. Genius. Brunette. 
brunette Angela Kinsey. Angela Kinsey. She's so sweet to be willing to like dye her hair dark for the show. Um, she is so funny and an incredible human. Like I adore Angela. Yeah, she's, the best. she's such a good friend and just amazing. I love this scene so we much. This was the first scene I shot with the family. Um, the kitchen, the breakfast scene with everyone, and and you could just see you kind of cracking up. Oh, multiple throughout times the whole thing because this day was very surreal for me. It was the first time I got to be with <laughs> Steve <laughs> fanning my face. <laughs> I haven't watched this in so long. Um, They're two great improvisers, by the oh way, Angela and, uh, and Steve Little. Yeah, Steve Little and Angela Kinsey are both incredible at improv acting, which was a huge part of the audition process. Like, because I knew I wanted to improv a lot. And um, they are incredible. And they made me laugh hysterically, like every single day. And this is my first time shooting with them. And they were so funny. Basically, I was laughing through this entire thing. And there are bloopers of this online. If you search bloopers of haters back off, there's the most of the bloopers are from this scene. And I could not keep a straight face. Jim and Angela were improving the funniest things I've ever heard in my life. I was also so giddy and excited yeah. that this was happening. It was It was hitting me in that moment like... Oh, oh my god like i'm just this random girl who made up a character to make her friends laugh and somehow people watch those videos and now netflix is producing a netflix original series and i'm in the house which is a set and there's like a hundred people on the crew and i'm with miranda's uncle and mom like that i made up in my brain what a like trip. it was such a trip and i was so giddy and so excited and so happy that like even if they weren't improving funny stuff, I would have been laughing to the point where the director, Andrew, got so pissed at me. So you can see me smile a few times in this scene. Like if you watch me in this scene, you can see me breaking. And now they reveal Emily. My favorite improv in the whole world is supposed to, is, it happens right now. Oh, okay. Um, I have a bag of salami. Yeah, we revealed Emily, the sister. I'm pausing it again right after the reveal of Emily. Francesca um, Reale. Yeah, Francesca, Francesca, the beautiful, lovely Francesca. Did uh, I saw people ask about this, like how uh, how long you had the conceit for Brynn having a younger sister. And like you also like if people don't know, like when the show was coming out, you kept that very secretive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, the reveal of that. Yeah. Yeah. What was the thought? Well, I'll that? get into that. Uh, that's after a, the bag of salami, talk. after the bag of salami talk. Okay. So, um, because that's a, that's kind of a long winded story, but uh, all of these Aren't are. <laughs> so the bag of salami is my favorite improv in the whole first episode because, um, I list foods that I'm eating and Emily goes, what is a bag of salami? And I think Bethany's line after that was like, Emily, don't be rude to your sister. Don't talk back to your sister or something like that. Like she kind of scolds Emily, but instead Angela said, Emily, you know what a bag of salami is like, <laughs> and that had me and Steve were a disaster. Like After when she improv that, like it was, because that was the most insane thing she could have. Like it was so funny how yeah. she was so upset with Emily. It, it also totally sets up the relationship between. Oh, it's so funny. Um, but anyway, Miss uh, Bethany and and her two daughters, how she treats them differently. Like just that line, it's so informed. Like yeah, it's, it's, it's so like good. when you dissect it. So um, I'll try to do a not super long-winded version of like Emily and where Emily came from. But basically, we went through a lot of um, different people before the show was actually made in the sense that like we pitched it to a bajillion different people. We, we interviewed tons of different writers and producers to be attached. And the first thing we did before we were attached to Netflix was... Um, we got attached to some producers who we ended up not working with, but these were huge producers in Hollywood. Like when they said they wanted to work with us, everyone like 
I mention their names to anyone in Hollywood. And they're like, oh my gosh, that's huge. Like they do every big TV show in Los Angeles. Like mm-hmm. it's and crazy their resume, very talented producers. But it was clear quickly that like I was very flattered they wanted to be a part of the show, but they wanted to be part of the show because they thought this is going to be a great moneymaker for them. Um, and so their vision of the show is much different than mine. Like we were talking about earlier, my vision was like, I want to make the, this, it's a Miranda show, and this the vision I have is very bizarre and off and strange. Yeah, what do you mean moneymaker? They wanted to like... They wanted to make it um, more... Commercial somehow? Yes, yes, more commercial. And I wanted a more like indie feel to it. And so They we, wanted it like sitcom-y? What, I don't know what you mean by not commercial. Not sitcom-y, like, or, more or like... Moneymaker. Um, think of, uh, like a family, like... Um, like a, uh, what's the, uh, what's the show? modern family type of show, but like cleaner and more like everyone can watch it and everyone can get it and enjoy it, which is awesome. And we need those types of television shows, but that's kind of the feel they wanted for the show as well. Um, and they, I think they definitely wanted it to be like a little kid show, like more of like a Nickelodeon type family show. And I knew that there was like more mature innuendos in our scripts and what I had in mind. I wanted it to get really dark. My dream for the show, the only thing I had envisioned when we started writing it was it starts with Miranda uploading a video and wanting to be famous. And she has no views and no fame, but she has her family. And it ends, she finally gets the fame and the views, but she loses everyone on the way there. So I wanted the show to start and end with the same thing. Like her at that computer. That was the only idea I had at the original conceit was I, that's great. That's, I wanted to start and end with that. And so I knew it was going to end dark. I knew it was going to end her crying at the computer, having destroyed ballsy. Like, you know what I mean? That you're like, (laughs) and you just stuck to your guns. So, and you found your home at Netflix eventually, which is like, at that time, they did not have a lot of original no. series, if people don't know. Like, they had House of Cards, Stranger Things hasn't come out yet. Now everything is a Netflix original series, but right. they had, like, five right, or less. Um, so the producers, anyway, to get to, I'm trying to get to the Emily point of it all. Sure. The producers, um, when we'd have meetings with them to talk about the conceit of the show, they, you know, one of the biggest things they would always say is, uh, this this show reminds me of Alvin and the Chipmunks. It'll be the next Alvin and the Chipmunks. Everybody was just comparing it to Alvin and the Chipmunks? Not everyone, one of the producers. Uh-huh. And the writers, we were all like, mm, no, not really. We don't see that, com- like, wh- I don't know where that comparison came from. Oh, Flynn's awake. Oh my gosh, Flynn's awake. So... Um, we're gonna have to cut this short in a second. So basically we, we left those producers cause they, we just had different visions and we ended up finding incredible, an incredible production company that we love. And I'm still, I'm still friends with the producers we worked with on the show. Um, we all had the same vision. And then when we, as writers got together, we, we were realizing we don't have a straight man in this show. Yeah. They're all kind of Everybody's wacky so characters. Centric. We need a straight man. We need like the Michael Bluth of Arrested Development. And so that's why we wanted, um, Emily to be just like a very aware just to kind of ground it in some Grounded, sort of reality, yeah, like all jaded, these bizarre like characters. kind of just like yeah. great characters. So that's where Emily came from. Smart move. Now, before uh, we continue on, we are eating breakfast in this scene. So I feel like it's a great time to talk about food. And I want to talk about our next sponsor really quick, which is Imperfect Foods. They're not perfect. They're and not perfect. And that's okay. And great. while I'm talking about Imperfect Foods, Eric's going to go get our son who just woke up from nap. Every 
Every year, billions of pounds of food go to waste, often because it doesn't live up to the strict cosmetic standards of grocery stores. Well, I have good news for you guys. There is a way that we can help prevent all that waste. Imperfect Foods is on a mission to reimagine grocery delivery for a kinder, less wasteful world. They deliver sustainable, affordable groceries, including produce, quality protein, eggs and dairy, and pantry staples straight to your door. Plus, they're always adding fun and tasty new discoveries for you to try each week. This is my favorite part of having imperfect foods is that we get new fun things that I never would try normally. And um, I love trying new foods. I love trying new things. I get pretty bored with food pretty quickly. So the fact that I get to try new things is really exciting and try to cook with new things. I love that. Uh, With imperfect foods, grocery shopping fits seamlessly into your life. And every week is a tasty adventure. All you have to do is sign up Create your flexible, personalized grocery plan and then shop online each week and get affordable and sustainable groceries delivered directly to your door. Sign up with Imperfect Foods today to save time, save money and save food from going to waste. This has been such a wonderful thing to have delivered to our home. I don't have to worry about going and get fresh produce. It just comes to my door and I get to try new stuff. I love it. So right now, Imperfect Foods is offering our listeners 20% off plus free shipping on your first order when you go to imperfectfoods.com and make sure to use promo code RELAX. Try Imperfect Foods now and for a limited time, get 20% off plus free shipping on your first order. Go to imperfectfoods.com and use relax to sign up. Remember everyone, this is, it's worth it. You got to do it. That's 20% off, 20% off plus free shipping at imperfectfoods.com. Offer code relax. Go check it out. All right, we're back. And now Flynn is playing with Uncle Coco so we can finish this episode. And I just know I'm talking way too much. I'm so sorry. I feel like Totally I love, nuts. I haven't watched this in years, I know, so it's I like all these I, memories are coming up. I, I said we should do this. You're like, oh, well, I'm not going to... It's just going to be silence then. And I'm like, no, I guaranteed you. Yeah, he, he suggested we watch it. And as we watch it, I talk about it. And I was like, what if I just sit and watch it, though? Then I'm not talking. He's like, no, I know you, Colleen. You're going to yeah. talk the whole time. Well, and I thought I the am. most compelling part would be like, honestly, watching you watch it. To quote <laughs> Uncle Jim. To quote like, Uncle seeing Jim. you rewatch it for the first time since it came out. I mean, out. I feel like I'd feel a totally different way about this if... I could hear it because hearing the music, I feel like would spark um, emotions in me because writing the music was such a, an important part of the show too, like that I was very involved in and it was really wonderful. And I love the score. It's so pretty. It is. Um, anyway, we hired an orchestra in Budapest to record the score and I just love it. Our it composer so is amazing. Show, yeah. I don't think a lot of people know that, that it's not just like tracking. It's that like, it's actually composed. Mm-hmm. I just love that it was like... And performed by an orchestra. I love that the... Yeah, I love that the um, score is a beautiful orchestra of pretty music, but there's always something like... I loved having... I always was like, can you put an oboe line in there? Like, I really want an oboe because I love the sound of an oboe. It's just a little quirky and like interesting and off. So you have this beautiful orchestra, but then you'll have like plucking of a harp to have it like give that quirkiness or and these were kind of notes and the communication yeah. that you had with our composer yeah who's amazing a mutz like yeah. he's so amazing um anyway we're that gonna keep watching it's great anyway, he's so good um okay we're gonna keep watching and uh, we're at the part where emily is revealed and we're talking about salami in the episode if you guys are watching along so anyway um we reveal that miranda has a sister which was a big reveal and, and exciting and um we loved the energy it gave all the scenes of just like someone it was like it was she's cool the eyes of the as, audience yeah. yeah and you kept it as a surprise mm-hmm. like even like because you were like teasing things out as we were filming mm-hmm. but the that she even had a sister you kept mm-hmm. as a surprise the whole time yeah so um 
Yeah, this whole first episode, I'm laughing in this entire scene. As we're watching, I'm just like watching myself laugh. So I'm like disappointed in myself for not keeping a straight face. I love this set so much. I feel like there's so much to say. I'm like, but I'm scared I'm talking too much. I feel like it's just going to come across me bragging about my show. So I'm like nervous. But um, yeah, this scene took uh, way too long to shoot. It put us very behind schedule because I wouldn't stop laughing, which is very you unprofessional. See, you can literally see it. If, you, if you're watching it right now or if you go watch it, you can see like me laughing. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. In the most wonderful way, you're not you're almost you're not you're like 90% in character. All right, I'm pushing Plagan as Miranda runs into her bedroom to check the view count with Angela. That's also a great camera move. Yeah, what a um, great move. Our cameraman um Andy who was um he did he was that the A camera op. Yeah, he was a professional skier and I think he did he skied in the Olympics. So he was very good at like Oh my gosh, Patrick watching all the videos. I love um, that little bit. I that, thought that was so funny. So funny, yeah. And again, like it's like a cool move. It's not mm-hmm. just static. Like Yeah. Well, I haven't seen that. Like Yeah, that's in years. such a great move. Um so yeah, the combination of like our amazing director Andrew and the DP who had just just he made it look so cinematic the show so pretty even though it's disgusting and like weird and off it's still so pretty to me and um our camera ops were so incredible because they're olympic skiers apparently which i found out later um well that's like a natural transition of career uh yeah there's another thing about that a lot of these shots are close to our face with a wide angle lens because it was a big concern of mine that i never look slightly attractive to anyone's in anyone's opinion like I just wanted to look gross and um Andrew uh our director he was like I want to shoot every close-up with this wide-angle lens because it distorts your face when you do that Mm -hmm. um because you're not supposed to shoot close-up with a wide lens it will make you look very strange and so that's what he did so even though it looks like the camera might be a couple feet from our face the camera is like I'm not kidding two inches if that like the lens of the camera is like two to five yeah. inches from our face and those close-ups to the point where most scenes that I had with Eric, we, if, if they're close up on us more, I feel like more in season two, but like we weren't looking at each other. We weren't acting yeah, with each there's other. There's a technical thing to where, uh, called an eye line as an actor to where it's like how, how you're supposed to look and how your eyes look, where you're looking in the frame. But when you shoot, shoot that close up, your eyeline has to be essentially like inside of inside the, the lens, so you can't even make eye contact with the other actor. Yeah. So a lot of my scenes with Eric were I was looking at like a little piece of paper that um, was a photo printed of Eric's face, and that's what I would do my acting yeah, with. That was fine. Um, so now we're I'm pushing play again. We're in Emily's high school, and she's talking to her friends walking down the hall. This was a real high school, obviously, and we shot this on a weekday, so there was school happening when we shot this. And um, so everyone you see in the episode is an extra. They're actors. Um, but we had to do it at specific times, get these shots, because the bell would ring and During, kids would be walking past through where we were shooting. What was that called? Passing time? What did they call it in your high school? I don't call what? Passing time? Like in between, like yeah, breaks like in they, between periods? Yeah. What would they call it? I don't know. Breaks in between periods? I don't know. That was like a word for it. I don't know. Um, I think it was passing time. Yeah. It was very stressful to uh, have to get these shots done and then before we'd have the bell to rang. before the bell rang yeah. and then we'd have to go to our trailers or to the green room or whatever while classes continued and um went about their day and kids would did pass the kids by that went there did they know who you were were they excited i didn't about ask them i don't know <laughs> i don't know um but this was a fun scene to shoot because i mostly just got to improv the whole time with the other students like 
so I would just go up to them and talk to them and follow them around. And they're all extras who were told I was not going to interact with them, but then I ended up doing it. It was really fun. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, Emily, I feel like Francesca, <laughs> she's cute. Francesca looks so young, first of all. And she, I feel like we actually look like sisters. Am yeah. I crazy? Like, I yeah, feel like no, we totally. really, really do look like sisters. Oh, it's great casting. Um, yeah, we kind of based Emily's personality a little bit on like Rachel slash me, just slash any, like any normal personality trait a human would have, we'd put it into Emily. Like mm-hmm. we just wanted her to be the most bland, normal, just No, it's great. Normal it's such person. an important character and she does a great job. It's awesome. The OK Market, um, that sign is CGI. Christopher, my brother typically came up with all of the names of all the different stores. Okay and market. Okay market. Um, you know, all that kind of stuff. And this was the first day of shooting. This guy's great. Yeah, he's Shout really good. Guy, the, we're ta- the customer. The customer in the grocery store with Angela. So my uh, mom in the show, Bethany, she works at a grocery store. And um, she's scanning out a customer and all this was improv, and she was great. All the extras in this scene are really, this really was wonderful. The, like the literal first day of shooting the, the pilot, right? Yeah, this was the actual first day of shooting the pilot. I was there, but I obviously wasn't in any scenes in the grocery store this season. Um, and uh, I went home after this day of shooting. It was my first day on set. It was my first day with all the crew and the cameras and all the actors and seeing the extras and the trailers. And like all, it was my first experience with all of that. And I went home, and I went to my apartment in North Vancouver, I walked into my closet to change my clothes into like pajamas because it was late. And I just, before I did, I just stood there and I just sobbed. I sobbed. Really? The happiest sob. Oh, happy like a sobs. deep sob. Also, the next morning you have to get up very early and then yes. act in it. Um, I was, I was just so uh, grateful and I felt like so unworthy of like all of this that it just really made me so emotional. Like I just thought like, why me? Like, how did this happen to me? I was very, I felt very lucky. Um, all right, so now we're in the scene where Miranda is refreshing her new YouTube video she uploaded, and she's looking at the YouTube comments. And I respond to a comment that's, that's name is Catlover13 or Catlover133. And that was my uh, AIM name. So that's how we came up with that. When I was 13 years old, I had an AIM AOL, instant messenger. AOL instant messenger, yeah. Uh, my first one was I'm a cat lover 13. And so we made that one I'm a cat lover 133. Just there's a lot of little things. Would you spend a lot of time on there? Would you talk on AOL Instant Messenger a lot? When I was not really um, that I can remember, I don't think so. I don't think I was allowed on the. There's like back in my day, there's one computer for the whole family, and it was in the living room. So it's like you didn't spend a lot of time on it. So Miranda, in this part of the episode, she gets her first hate comment that says, "You suck. You should stop singing." And so Miranda and Uncle Jim are trying to come up with a response. And um, I'm kind of talking back and forth to this hater. And the hater says, like, stop singing. And I say, or what? And the hater says, or you're going to regret it. And I think that they're threatening me in my life. So Miranda starts, like, panicking and thinks that there's a stalker and killer on the loose yes. trying to hurt her. So that's what's going on in this, episode, this scene. <laughs> well, in case people aren't watching along, you know, I'm just no, letting them it. know. Do you remember uh, specifically, like, at first getting hate comments for Miranda? Like, People believing Miranda was a real person. That was person. all I had at the beginning. What was that like to like to be like? I'm just going to make this joke character, and then people thinking that it's a real person and hating that real person. Well, I'm going to pause it because Patrick just entered. So if you're watching along, yeah, pause yeah, it no, on Patrick. I'm, I'm interested in like the kind of origin of like the history of this because this, like you know, in yeah. a weird way, really happened to you. Mm-hmm. So you've you've created this character. You've put her online mm-hmm. as a joke to your friends. Mm-hmm. 
And then a certain part of the population believes this to be a real person mm-hmm. and hates this person right. and wants to tell this person they hate them. Mm-hmm. Was that strange to you to see? Like, how it did you was, react to it? Yeah, of course it was strange because it was new. Like, YouTube was new when I started doing Miranda. And so the fact that anyone who didn't know me was watching my videos was weird to me. What a weird concept, yeah. And to me, it was You're very... You're not my friend. Why yeah. are you watching my videos? Yeah. To me, it was also very weird that, like, people were watching... Um, this character that to me was so obviously a character and thinking she was real. That was really interesting to me that people thought she was real. Yeah. And so once they thought that I was like, Oh, I've got to keep this going. Like they think she's real. That's so funny. You like leaned into it. So to yeah. Speak. And so when I'd get hate comments, it never hurt my feelings in the beginning because they're I was like, they're hating on someone who doesn't exist. Right. Like, and they think she's real. Like that's so funny. So to me, it, didn't hurt my feelings that much. Um, but I wanted to keep the gag up of like, you know, people thought she was real. And I thought that would be like the whole point of that was how I was going to succeed is if people never knew who I was as Colleen Ballinger. Like if the only way my career would continue going forward with this Miranda girl is if no one ever knew me. Just stay in character all the Just time. Staying, like Andy Kaufman-esque. Yeah. So, and I remember I got advice from, um, I've, I don't know if I've ever said his name, but Sean Hayes, um, uh-huh wanted he got to know that he saw the character and liked it and he we went to lunch he's very very sweet like lovely and he gave me that advice you know he was like you've got to delete anything that says your real name because people like her because they think she's real and he was right at the time that was true yeah like Um, at the time that makes sense um so he wasn't saying like hide who you are he was just like i think the reason people are interested is because they're trying to figure out if you're real or not like you shouldn't like let people know you're real and so um I didn't for a very long time, but so when you did live shows mm-hmm. as Miranda in the beginning, I would go in character and leave in character. I'd only break for like a few people like the whole time. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Like I'd walk to and from the venue dressed, dressed like, like Miranda mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in New York city was where I would start doing shows. And my gigs in the beginning were small. Like they weren't like audiences of Miranda fans. They were like just audiences of people out for like so to go to a drag show versus like being there interacting with humans. Yeah. Like, I'd usually just sit at a table by myself, like scowling as Miranda. And like some people might come up to me and be like, oh, I'm a fan. And I just be like, a okay, fly on the wall. I wish I just hours, to be there and sit, see like, that I waiting would, for my turn to go on stage. I would kill just to be able, just to be there to see yeah, that happen. So weird. But uh, we're going to keep watching this episode or we're never going to get through it. Eric just entered the scene as Patrick. And it is because he saw that there was um, a hate comment. And so he comes over with his swords. Thinking that her life is mm-hmm. in danger. And Bethany walks in with snacks, which is Vienna sausage, like wieners in a can, which I actually did used to eat as a kid. So it was another one of those things in the writer's room where they're like, Bethany's making Miranda a snack. And the writer's be like, okay, well, what is she making? Because the props team is going to need to know what kind of food to put on here. And I was like, oh, I don't know. And they'd be like, what did you eat a, a lot as a kid as a snack? I'm like, I don't know, like... um chips and you Vienna sausages a lot as oh, a kid? all the time well, Vienna sausages yeah would your mom just put toothpicks in the can like that no 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 that was well, added by uh, absolutely disgusting and I ate a very large amount of those mm-hmm. wieners that and day Eric just put one in his mouth and spit it out and handed it to me and I ate it and that was improv that from was Mr. Improv, Stockland yeah. and um was luckily that- I went along with him. Um, but basically the, in the script, it just says that Patrick tests it to make sure they're not poisoned, the Vienna sausages. And then Miranda's like, 
oh, they're safe because Patrick tried it first. So then she starts eating it. So instead of eating it, he put it in his mouth, slides it out of his lips, like spits it out and hands it to me. And then I just immediately eat it. I was like, Patrick would like feel out the whole thing with Mm -hmm. his mouth and then be like, it's good. And then hand it to her. And I ate it. And so that was improv. And I was like, well, I guess we're just, I'm just eating like these, how we must have done the scene so many times because you always do. And I ate a lot of the Vienna sausage wieners that were in Eric's mouth that day. So now we're in the fish store scene. <laughs> what a thing to say out loud and then we're, move on. We're on the fish store scene and Harvey Guillen is the fish store manager who's a very good friend of mine. I've known Harvey for such a long time. So um, he's great. But anyway, I love him. And it was really cool to have a friend up there with me. Um, shooting the show that I've known for so long. I've known Harvey for over a decade. Are there any live fish in any of these fish tanks? There are live fish in these fish tanks. I don't think there were. I think there were. No, there really were. There were live fish. That, that's why this day was a nightmare because we had live animals on set. There were live I don't fish. Any live fish. Oh yeah, there were live fish, and it was a big drama. And so we had a lot of fake fish in a lot of the fish tanks, but there were live fish too, and. We eventually were like, just cut the live fish, like let them go and we'll just have the fake ones for the rest of the day. Um, But there were live fish on set. And anytime you have live animals on set, it's like a big to do. Oh, that's another thing I stole was a fish easy t-shirt. Like I have that. I have that shirt. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. Um, And there's Eric swinging swords. So just for that little shot, just for this little shot of me kind of twirling swords, I had like stunt rehearsals. Mm-hmm. I worked with a sword fighting expert, like, uh, which is all great and fun. And also I was with a Shakespeare company for five years. So I had lots of experience with sword fighting, but I just, I just, I just thought it would be like more <laughs> like the forefront, which how much independent rehearsal from actual shooting I would have to do. And, and on this shooting day, I think I spent eight hours just in the background, standing outside the store, uh, swirling, uh, swirling around swords could have been more featured. Just well, saying, well good, maybe an edit note, like if you. Uh, I know, but we didn't have an exterior. This is a set, and so yeah, like we couldn't it, shoot from the outside because yeah, this is not an actual store. It's no. a whole fake store built on a soundstage. Yeah, so we couldn't shoot outside the store. But just so you guys know, I trained for hours, <laughs> I know. and then would go home and practice twirling the swords right. around for what you just saw. Yeah. Yeah, Eric had to do a lot of training and a lot of classes for different things he did on the show that like oh aren't magic swords color guard color guard mm-hmm. yeah. By the way, this guy who is um in the fish store with me in the commercial the 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 FedEx man who walks into this fish store scene. He's a YouTuber and he's, uh, well, he's not just a YouTuber. He's like a talented actor and comedian and um, I'm sure he produces a lot of stuff. But I I had seen his YouTube videos. Um, They did this thing called like board shorts where it was like they took the audio of their kids talking about stuff and they as adults would lip sync to their kids talking. And they were so funny. And when we were looking for um, someone to play that role, I remember that he was Canadian. Oh, you reached out to him? That he didn't like sub- did he so. submit for I it? And you're like, remember. oh, I recognize that guy from those videos, or was it? I I now I don't remember now. No, you know what? I think he auditioned for Uncle Jim, and I was like, oh my gosh! When I watched his audition, I was like, he's so good, and yeah. he's he does his YouTube channel. That's what it was. And then I was like, oh, he should play this other part. And we he was great. Where does the f- fibromyalgia and the brace come from is that is that from any real life thing yes it is oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so um i know people who who make up ailments for themselves 
that aren't real. So fibromyalgia is a real thing. And it's like debilitating for people. And it's like really awful for people who have it. It's really horrible. And um, But for Bethany, it's... Bethany is like desperate to have anyone care about her. And so she's constantly making up these ailments to try to get someone to care about her and still no one does. And that was kind of her like big flip in the season. Spoiler alert is that right, in the that end, she actually does end up getting something help. terrifying yeah. and she needs help where, you know, she spent her life faking these things for attention. And then she finally that does comes get from one a real place in your yes. writing. Like, yeah. yeah. In my life. Yeah. Not, not me, but like, I do know people who have done that and made up things to, um, you know, which is very insensitive to people who actually struggle with it. Ooh. Um, I'm not telling you. Um, okay. So anyway, now, uh, Eric and, uh, Steve or uncle Jim and Patrick, that looks so fake. It was really hard to make it look real. The amount of time we spent, first of all, it was was so hard to keep a straight face. They're stuffing gravel in fish by the way right now. Right. Yeah. But like they had these real like life, uh, life, life like looking fish. fish. And we're supposed to put gravel in their mouths to make the, I don't know. Like it was just, it was so impossibly funny working with Steve at that moment, but also like the fish wouldn't do the exact thing that camera wanted it to do. Yeah. It was. I just remember that was hours. That mm-hmm. little moment you just saw was like hours of trying mm-hmm. to make it work. We shot this scene over two days. This fish yeah, door this scene. This one scene took two full days to mm-hmm. shoot. Because there was so much going on. We had live fish. We had the fake fish that needed to look real. And we had um, all these different characters being shot all over. Like it was me and the FedEx guy in one corner. And Emily enters and Bethany enters. And there's the camera and there's Harvey. There's like so much going on. It took so long to shoot this um, (laughs) tape. Um, But yeah, it was uh, really funny. Just we could have watched Steve and eric tried to get the fish to look real on that fish tank for so long like it was so hysterical See, i think i was literally you cut i'm like about to laugh here like you cut, i feel like you cut so much of me laughing you barely ever broke character actually i thought that the joke that she thought the avatar like the simple blue outline of an mm-hmm. avatar like a pictureless profile like she thought that was a real person mm-hmm. and then she sees it through the fish tank i thought that was such a clever Thank you. Joke and reveal. Like, it's such a good button on the on the first episode. Like, that's when I was like, oh, this is a great, there's great writers behind this. There's a great team. Like, the, the, you know what I mean? Like, the jokes are so well fleshed out. Thanks. Um, so uh, this part, yeah, I, I agree. And the, it's, that's this all due to intense. the writers. The writers are so amazing. Yeah, Patrick this in slow motion slow-mo coming at this, um, Miranda <laughs> thinks she's found the killer and Patrick is coming at him with a sword about to kill stunt him? Du- also, stunt double. I could have done that, but that's a stunt double. That he was did a, a great, yeah, the, the great r- shoulder roll there. The shoulder roll that Patrick does in the fish store is a stunt double. I'd Who- like to claim it, but... Yeah. Um, so basically, Emily in the scene admits that she's the one who left the hate comment. And it's so sad. Also, such a great reveal. Like, yeah. Great. Um, the writing of this show was so fun. Like, it's so funny watching these scenes. The thing I really think about is like, the writer's room and coming up with the bits, you know, like coming up with taping the fish on the, well, I'm pausing it right now. Um, if you're watching, I just paused as it zooms in on Miranda on her bed. Sad. Um, but I just remember like the, the thing with you and Jim trying to get the fish to float that are dead in the fish tank. Um, you know, I remember in the writer's room, us just going off one of one another, there are six writers on the show. Um, and I just remember, us laughing hysterically going like, okay, so the fish died. And so how do they get them? And then, you know, 
Christopher or Justin or someone pitches like, what if they like start putting the gravel in the mouths to try to get them to float, but not too much gravel, just enough gravel. And then that doesn't work. And then they were just coming up with all the different ideas of how they would try to get the fish to float. And then they end up taping them to the side. But I just remember being in the writer's room and us, all of us would go and just add on. And then they do this. And we would just laugh hysterically writing the show. Like I laugh so hard in that writer's room every day coming up with the dumb stuff we were going to make all of us do. Mm -hmm. And Christopher, my brother, who's my co-writer on the show and co-producer and co-creator, he is so funny and he's so, he's so good at coming up with these weird situations. I just, I think it's, the writers are so good. It's such a tightly written like show and the the payoffs are so great. Like it's really, it's extremely well done. So kudos to you guys. Very. And it sounds like a very fun job. It's, it is. It was. It was. It was so much fun. Um, I, we do need to take a quick little break to talk about our next sponsor, which is Curtsy. After living in sweatpants and leggings all year, I decided to freshen up my wardrobe, so I started shopping on Curtsy. It's super cool because they have the coolest pieces at thrift store prices delivered right to you. I love Curtsy because you're shopping from real women in your size and style. It's easy to use, and there are some amazing deals. No need to sort through thousands of items. Items that aren't your style or size. I saw Lululemon tops on there for 20 bucks and Lululemon leggings for only $40, which is just shocking. Like those are so expensive. I normally. saw haters back off props on there. No, you okay. didn't. <laughs> the app has awesome brands like Nike, Urban Outfitters, Princess Polly, Champion, Free People, Levi's, all this stuff up to 70% off. Selling clothes is actually such a pain normally, which is why a lot of people's closets are overflowing with unwanted clothes. But Curtsy makes the selling process so so easy. Literally anyone can do it. Curtsy also suggests prices for your items, um, which is very helpful. If you don't have a printer, they'll mail you a shipping label for free. It's so awesome. And the coolest part is when you get to instantly cash out to your debit card. I love how easy it is to use. and It makes me feel better to buy clothes from other women instead of from huge corporations. I can just, I feel like I'm supporting other women. And it's also like thrift shopping. It's like, what about all my, my clothes? What about your clothes? It's for women. (laughs) Sorry. If you want a sustainable way to get Brandy Urban, Champion, and Lululemon delivered directly to your door, download Curtsy today and enter promo code RELAX for 15% off your first order. Search for Curtsy in the App Store, spelled C-U-R-T-S-Y, and enter promo code RELAX for 15% off your first order. Download the Curtsy app and enter promo code RELAX. All right, we're going to finish this episode now. So Miranda's very sad. Yeah, this was a cool shot. The house, our set... um, our house was a set, obviously, and uh, it didn't have a ceiling so that we could shoot from above. Fun fact. Fun fact. This seat is so great because it, it, it puts so much heart behind all this craziness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're, it, it's so, it, to see you be like this wild like character and then um, have so much honest emotion and, and kind of just saying you're a great actress like love me i don't know about that what yeah that was like our goal of the the show was kind of to give um human you made her real how do you make that character like so real we just i don't know that was the kind of the goal you do as a performer and writer of it well we wanted well i know people like miranda i think that was the appeal of miranda in the beginning when people were trying to figure out if she was real or not it was because they know people like it like everyone knows someone who's a little bit like unaware of themselves and um 
I don't know. It was very interesting to me, the idea of trying to make a character who's not likable trying to get an audience to like someone that's not likable. I liked that. Yeah. And to root for someone who's a, a jerk. Like, Miranda's a jerk. She's a brat, and she's a jerk. And so um, to get people to see that she's human, I don't know, it was an interesting challenge. That was kind of fun. This scene was a really fun scene to do with Francesca, to like a cute like little sweet sister moment. And to see Miranda be bothered by hate comments for the first time. Yeah, you guys are both so great in the scene. Well, have you had you cried on camera before, like as as no. an actor? No, never. Was that stressful? Like, because I know for me, like to be on set, being like, okay, I know I have to cry in this scene. Mm-hmm. Was that something that like stressed you out? Like, well, how do I get tears in this moment? Or were you just like, it's it's going to happen, or did it just happen naturally? It was really weird because like I had never cried on camera. Not that I can think of. I've never really done any big projects really. Um, and no, I'd never cried on camera before and I knew I needed to, but I wasn't too concerned about it. Um, I just thought, Oh, I'll think of something sad. That's what I thought. I thought, I'll just think of something that would make me cry. Like that's what I thought I would do. I thought I'd go in the room and was that from an acting class you had taken or no, I just thought like, Oh, to cry. Okay. I guess I'll just think of something super, super sad. And I thought of like the most horrible scenario you could possibly imagine that I won't even speak out loud, like a tragic, awful thing happening. And that's what I thought I would do. So the first take, that's the first take. That's what, that's not method. Cause it's, I was thinking of something that horrible could happen to me in my life. And I, kind of got there but it was hard and um but then I just was like okay after the first take I was like okay you're Miranda like your sister just said just betrayed you and and said something so mean like and that put it in perspective for me because I was like if Rachel left a comment like that for me I would be devastated and so I it immediately made me cry. And then, and then for the rest of the time, any scene I had to do where I was crying, I was just like, Oh, I'm Miranda and what's going on in Miranda's life. Yeah. And it made, it was easy to cry. Cause for it me was playing just like, sense. like emotional circumstance like that. Like, yeah, it's like, well, it has to be like, it, it's in the moment and it's in the reality of the situation. Right. Like, I don't like go to like personal right. uh, thoughts or tragedies right. to, to try and bring about emotion. Like it has to be within like the, mm-hmm. what you're playing. Yeah, that's, that's exactly that, that ha- like clicked with you. Yeah, in that I didn't. Moment. I didn't. No, no one taught me how to like cry on command or whatever. So I, I thought my brain was like, oh, just think of something I think your sad. Instincts were right. Yeah, and then that didn't really work. And so then I was like, I just need to be Miranda right now. Just like you just moment. found yeah. out what just like think about if you were actually this person and this happened to you, how would you feel? And it made me cry. But it was also a very stressful situation because we were. Um, going overtime, and so the producers were screaming. Was that like the last scene of the day, mm-hmm. the oh, producers that's the were worst. screaming, "We gotta move!" And so the AD had just come in and been like, "Okay, everyone, this is an emotional scene. Colleen needs to cry, so we need complete silence on set." And Colleen, whenever you're ready, you just say, "I'm ready," and we'll say action, you know. And so it's silent on set, and it, 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 three seconds later, I'm like, "Okay, we do the first take," and they want to do it again. So they're like, "All right, quiet on set, Colleen. When you're ready." And it's silent for one second. You hear a producer go, hurry it up! And like I scream. Know. And I was like, oh no! Um, but yeah. Anyway, that was the final scene of this where we throw the computer on the ground and it like sparks. So fun. It was so, that was such a hectic, fun scene to shoot. Um, but it was scary because that was like, that happened there. Like we, we threw the computer on the ground and it did spark. It like, it was a special effect that was really cool. And we didn't have like a stunt double doing it. Like I threw it on the ground 
And it's so fun it as an actor when you get to break or smash something. Yeah. And they like have multiple of those things so you could smash. Well, them they didn't take after take. They didn't. No, that was it. And so it was it was super cool. Um, so, yeah, that's the episode, I guess. The end. There is the episode. What was it? What did it feel like as this idea that's been, that had been in your head for for years after you had finished the first episode? Just now? Like, what am I thinking? Like when. Well, we'll get to that next, but like in the moment when you finished it, were you... Oh, in the moment when I finished. When it was like, all right, we just finished episode one, now now let's do episode two. Like, were you... Well, we block shot it, so we actually did one, two, and three all at the same time. Oh, that is true. Um, So, yeah, yeah, we did three, two, three... We we how we shot it in Vancouver was we shot the first three episodes all we shot in, them in two blocks, weeks. But I feel like mm-hmm. we, like episode one we got like done first. Nope, the first scene we shot was the rain scene. That's episode three. Oh yeah. So right. all of the scenes in the first three episodes we shot. Um, it, oh, that yeah. were outside we shot that in one hard. day so the whole day eric and i were outside popsicle stick eating popsicles because we shot every single outdoor scene on that day from block from, one from, from block one from episodes. one episode one two and three so any scene outside we shot in one day and then the next block was um the second or the next two episodes and then the final block was the three episodes. so each block was like two and a half weeks ish i think yeah two weeks or something like that i don't remember it was, I don't know, my brain's melting. I don't know anything anymore. Well, how do you feel now? Like, like you haven't seen this show in years. Mm-hmm. And now watching it on your child's iPad. <laughs> well, it's not his iPad, first of all. It's our iPad that sometimes he watches cartoons on. But um, I don't know because I couldn't hear it. I feel like hearing it would be different. And the fact that I had a task while doing it helped because I was like, oh, my job right now is to tell stories about this. It wasn't like I sat and like enjoyed it. So I don't really feel any kind of way. You I didn't just, hear it even though we're watching it with the sound off? Like you didn't hear it? Like I could hear it. No, you know I, I was mean? just like, I was very stressed. I was like watching it going like, oh my gosh, it's happening. And I want to tell a story about this prop. And I want to tell a story about this thing. And I want to tell a story. You like, don't seem stressed. Oh my God. I wanted to tell a million stories. Shockingly, a million more than I actually told. And so it was kind of just like very stressful to watch it. But like, I want to watch it. And now I think I, here's what it did do. It made me want to watch it in our own time. But like. Like just to enjoy it. Do you not, think you can, like in, I, I think. If anything, for me, like personally out of this, what I what I would love would be for you to like in, enjoy it and, and appreciate like what a, an achievement it is to like have come up with an idea and then made it into a script. Yeah. And then someone bought the script. And mm-hmm. then they're like, we're actually going to make it. We're just going to go straight to series mm-hmm. on a platform like Netflix. Mm-hmm. And we're g- going to let you cast and make mm-hmm. this whole and write and make this whole thing. And then we're going to make a season two. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's just, it doesn't happen. I know it, it never doesn't happen. Yeah, it's so, it's something you, sh- I think you should be so proud of. And even me as an actor, my, just my small part in it, just as an actor, like I'm, I'm so proud of the show. And I'd like, I think everyone should go and, and watch it. And yeah, I want to watch it again and just like sit and enjoy it with you and not be stressed about telling stories, you know, like that would be enjoyable for me, um, right? But we, but you've had this opportunity for years since, and you and you've shied from watching it or mm-hmm. enjoying it because it's just it's a very sensitive I, to me to like that it's over. I still I think I'm like sad about the fact that I'm so grateful that it happened, and I am so proud of it. I just think like um, it's just so weird that that chapter is over because I worked on it for so many years, yeah. So that it is it is kind of weird. That I'm like, oh, that chapter of my life is is done it feels weird um well what it did for me was make me it made me really excited to see what you do 
next. Oh, thanks. Like, I'm really excited to see. I'm excited to see what that awesome brain of yours and body Love it. comes up with next. Like, well, I can tell you what it's doing next. Is this going to be an ad? Yeah. Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Because it's time for an ad. An ad for Function of Beauty, which you love, lovey. Function of Beauty. The shampoo and conditioner? Yes. Well, they've got more than that. They're more than that. Yeah, listen. We've all got goals. Be healthy. Find work, life balance. Improve our relationships. Make another TV show. You know, we all have these goals. What do you need to improve about this? Well... Have you thought about your hair goals, love? Have you, listeners, have you thought about your hair goals? I'm talking about frizz. Uh, Function of Beauty is the world leader in customizable beauty, offering precise formulations for your hair's specific needs. Here's how to get started. First, take a quick but thorough quiz to tell them a little about your hair type and your hair goals, such as lengthen, volumize, and oil control, etc. And because your hair changes with the season, you can change your hair goals before every shipment. Next, you choose your color and fragrance, or go fragrance and dye free, Then, Function's team determines the perfect blend of ingredients, bottles your formula, and delivers it right to you. Every ingredient Function of Beauty uses is vegan and cruelty-free, and they never use sulfates or parabens. You can also go completely silicone-free. There are over 54 trillion possible formulations, and Function of Beauty has over 50,000 five-star reviews. And Function of Beauty offers completely personalized formulas for body and skin care as well, so you can customize your beauty routine from hair toe toe <laughs> never buy off the shelf just to be disappointed ever again go to functionofbeauty.com slash relax to take your quiz and save 20 percent on your first order that applies to their full range of customized hair skin and body products lovey you got i've been using function of beauty for a long time Is yeah you can ask no i was gonna say have you oh, noticed just it? offering you've, eucalyptus i feel like you you've been using question. it for like a month like yeah. you how are you feeling how's your hair you feeling Oh, oh my gosh, we got a hair toss in here. I've noticed your hair smells really nice, to be honest. Well, you knew me. Like, I, I've been like a it's all in one bottle kind of guy. Now I have like, a, it's weird, the concept, having two separate bottles, one for shampoo, one for conditioner. Like, yep. So Yeah, it's all new to you. Even still, I'm like, should I just squirt them both in my hand at no, the same time and put them in? Oh like, do them separately? Like, I don't know. It's really wonderful. You guys should check it out. Go to functionofbeauty.com slash relax to let them know that we sent you and get 20% off your order. That's functionofbeauty.com slash relax. Uh, check it out, guys. This has been really fun. I did ask you guys for questions. I'm going to try to get through a few because we basically have the longest episode probably we've ever done. But uh, there's a lot of great questions about this. I asked on Twitter and on Instagram. Um, so some people said, okay, here's here's one. I saw this one a lot. Did Eric have to learn how to do tricks with the swords? And yes. I think you can go into I that mean, a little more. Yes and yes and no. I had been with a Shakespeare company um, for a few years uh, on the East Coast before moving out here. So and, and if you don't know, like lots, uh, Shakespeare's plays have lots of sword fights in them. Uh, Richard III, Romeo and Juliet. These are all shows where I've, I've worked with professional fight choreographers and had to learn sword fighting, bow staff fighting, all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was familiar with it. But yeah, even still for this show, yeah, I, I worked with a fight choreographer mm-hmm. and had separate rehearsals multiple times mm-hmm. in a dance studio mm-hmm. twirling around swords and then was given my own prop swords to take home with me, mm-hmm. which of course, like I'm alone in like an apartment in Vancouver and don't know anybody. I'm just like sitting there twirling swords and doing magic tricks and, and, and then and talking to your guard. brother about like, well, how do mm-hmm. I do this magic trick? And 
going to magic shops. I remember yeah, on your time a, off, you'd go to magic yeah, shops. Yeah, I had a day off and I found a magic shop in uh, Vancouver and like had to take a ferry there and bought like every magic trick I could find just to like practice them. It was really fun to be like completely immersed in, in all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it was. Um, you saw that question a lot? Yeah, I saw it a few times asking so about like you sword, sword. sword fighting stuff. Um, so fun. Uh, I answered a lot of the questions while we were watching, but um, Isabel said, what scene took the longest to film? Um, fish store yeah, was probably two days. Fish store, yeah, it was two days. I think that one definitely would have been the longest in that first episode, for sure. Yeah, other than that, it seems like the breakfast scene for you guys. Yeah, but that was just because I was laughing, not because of technical issues. So Yeah, it depended on like, and also how much like improv would happen and mm-hmm. if we had time to play. Yeah. Uh, which wasn't often. Someone said, what is something that was in the first draft on Haters Back Off that you wish was in the show now? There was a lot in the first draft that's not in the show now, but I don't know that I wish it was in there. I think everything that's in there is what we wanted in there. But um, Eric, there was a draft of an episode. If we ever get to it, maybe I'll get more in depth. I think it's episode two um, where Emily had a whole storyline that changed. And I remember you years later asking me like, Hey, how come Emily's storyline changed? I really liked that first draft. I remember getting the new draft and being like, what? So there used to be a storyline in episode two where Emily, um, has, she was home alone and she loved being home alone. And, um, Patrick interacts with Emily when he goes into the house to confront or to console Miranda in the closet. Miranda's crying and upset in the closet and Patrick Mm -hmm. comes in to console her, but Emily's there. He's looking for Miranda or something. But anyway, she, um, she's desperately trying to get Patrick out of the house. She's trying to get everyone out of the house because she wants to be alone in the house because when no one's home, she cleans the entire house. So it's like right. nice and clean yeah. and beautiful. And then when everyone comes home, she messes it back up again. It was like something we gave to Emily randomly. It's like my life now. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other thing about Emily that um, we thought about putting in and then uh, we didn't was we thought about giving her, we wanted to give her a talent, obviously, and we made her a painter. But originally we wanted her to be a dancer because we had looked up Francesca and we saw that she was a gymnast, like a very, very talented Uh uh, gymnast and dancer. And so we saw a video of her doing a gymnastics routine and there was dancing in it. And I was like, oh, maybe she's a dancer. And then we realized, oh, we didn't want her her talent to be something that was one of Miranda's quote unquote talents. Oh, that makes sense. So then we made her a a painter. I think like a painter is better. Yeah, Yeah, I think think that really works. Um, Yeah, all these questions I'm looking through, we basically answered... How'd you come up with the name of the fish store, which is Fish Easy or <laughs> Fashizi? Is that what it is? That's what it is, yeah. I never knew that. It's Christopher. My brother is very good at that kind of stuff. He is Mr. Pun, isn't so he? So it's Fish Easy. And I remember him, we were trying to come up with a name for the fish store, and he's like, Fish Easy. And we were like, what? And he's like, Fashizi. And I was like, no, Fashizi? You're I know, so but lame. Like, no one has ever made that connection. No, I but can't it's so believe good. it. Fish Easy. But like, once you hear it, that's it's pretty so good. Great. Yeah. So my brother um, came up with that one. Um, let's see. Which scene did each of you film first in the show? It was the, we both filmed the yeah, we both, rain. That was your first scene too, right? Mm-hmm. And when I call Ben Stiller. When you call Ben Stiller. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Alicia, How'd you get him? Can you, or should we save that for the next episode, I guess? We can How you save got him for, in the show. We can save for we'll save one. it, yeah. Okay. Um, Alicia said, did you have any input in the camera angles and the way scenes were filmed? You know, in season one, I really trusted um, the directors we had. We had two directors for season one. 
um, that directed different episodes. And Andrew Gaynor directed six and Todd Rohal directed two. And they're both great. And I really trusted them. Um, but they did let me have input. If I had an idea or if there's something I wanted, they were really great about like um, hearing me out. But they were so great. I didn't have too much. And I had no directing experience. I had no experience with like cameras in that way. But season two, I became so passionate about it because I got to experience the whole thing in season one and work with them and be in the editing room and see what shots we needed and what shots looked like. I think you're ready. You're ready to well, spread your wings and fly. You're ready two. to direct. <laughs> season two, um, we had f- uh, different directors for season two and um, they were all so great and wonderful, uh, but they were very collaborative and they really let me help and um, you know, tell them what I wanted and what angles I wanted. And I remember, um, one director, um, he's amazing. And we were shooting the scene in season two where, um, the camera wraps around in the hospital around Patrick and Miranda. And we were about to shoot the scene and he was going to shoot it how he usually shot the scenes. And I just destroyed everyone's dreams that day. And I was like, I really want this wraparound shot. I think it would be beautiful if we did this. And I kind of explained the whole shot and they looked at me like you're an insane person. And then, um, they got on board and it's like one of my favorite shots. Not that I think I'm responsible for this great shot. It, you know, it was all them. They're the ones with the talent and know how to do that stuff. But like, I'm just saying I'm so grateful. They were so collaborative with me and let me help come up with shots. And the first two episodes of season two, um, Brian Danley directed and he directed the movie saved, which is one of my favorite movies ever. And he is wonderful. Mm -hmm. And he, before every shot sat down with me and was like, this is how I was thinking of shooting the scene. What ideas did you have? I want to make sure that this looks how you want it to look. And he was so freaking collaborative and he taught me so much. So I did have input, but we had wonderful directors and it's their job to direct. And so, um, luckily they were collaborative, but I also trusted them because they were incredible. So, uh, yeah, that's that. Um, someone asked, was that someone's real house you guys filmed at? Yes. And no. Was it empty? Well, the outside was real. Uh-huh. And the inside was not real. Oh, well, but the house we filmed outside of, like, uh, a woman did live there. Mm-hmm. And we were well aware of her because mm-hmm. she was hilarious. And she was there when we would shoot it. And she would just sit inside watching television mm-hmm. while we shot all those scenes outside of her house all day and night. Right. So when we when I had to start in the house, which was most scenes, and then walk out to get, like, the popsicle or whatever, I would be in the house with her sitting in the living room watching, like, some like TV show and um, she never talked to me, but she seemed very sweet. I didn't want to bother her. So I just stand right inside, but she was always there. And I remember in the final um, episode of the final season, I had to run out crying. And so I had to prep like crying in the house. So I'm just like standing four feet from this really sweet woman, like trying to cry, but like also very aware that she was right there. It was like, it was um, very strange, but she was very sweet. And someone like, I farted, yes. I farted. Not in that scene, but it was a different scene. Um, but in front of her and then had to enter I into a scene? I didn't know she was in there. And so like, I was about she to go out to quiet. do a scene yeah. and I farted and it was loud. And then I heard a noise and I looked over and she was like sitting in the living room. And, and I was like, like action. <gasps> yeah, it was <laughs> very, very, very embarrassing. Um, someone else asked, you know, a lot of people asked about the the time era, sometimes it feels like it's the 90s, sometimes it feels present day. That's how we wanted it to feel. So I'm glad we achieved that, but it also maybe annoyed people that they can't tell. But I like that it's kind of I like that it's kind timeless. of like, what? Um, 
And then one more question. Did you all film each episode in order? And like we said, like, no, we did this block shooting schedule because it's makes more sense financially to do it that way. So we didn't have to keep going back to the house every episode. Yeah, the location wise. So each episode takes uh, took four days to shoot technically. But so each block was just wild. It's 12 very days. Short. So it was they two weeks. rushed it a lot. Like it's a yeah. lot. It's a lot. It's a very short amount of time for mm-hmm. an episode and the amount of pages they would want to do a day. Mm-hmm. It was like, it was very ambitious. Yeah. Because budget was, this is mumbo jumbo to most people, but most TV episodes with commercials on a major network. I mean, how long is that? 20 minutes, 18 minutes of actual uh-huh. showtime. And on Netflix, there's no commercials. So we actually got 30, sometimes 35 minute episodes. So to shoot 35 minutes of an episode in the same amount of time, like time frame that you would shoot 18 minutes of an episode right. is impossible. And we never made our days. And it they would be like, impossible. just do it. Yeah. yeah they're just, and there'd just yeah. be someone as you're trying to cry. Screaming, yeah, like, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta go. go, we gotta go. Yeah. Um, so that's how we did both seasons. It was, we did the first three episodes in two weeks and then we'd shoot the second two episodes in two weeks and then we'd shoot the thir- last three episodes in two weeks. And that's how we shot the show. And so it was weird because you'd have days where like, like there was one day where I shot epi- an episode, episode eight, I'm crying and like all alone. It was very devastating and, and I was crying, screaming at Bethany and she's screaming at me and it was really emotional, really draining. And I cried most of the day, like sobbed most of the day. And then we wrapped those scenes and they went and they put tea bags on my eyes to try to get the swelling to go down. And then I went and did the mattress queen store, which was all improv and comedy, but I'd been sobbing. I don't know what kind of tea it was, but they said it helps. Is that a thing? I guess they they put wet, like, like warm tea? tea bags on my eyes. I don't know what it was. Chamomile. I know green tea helps styes because I use that when I get styes. Maybe it was green tea. I don't know, but they just put it underneath my eyes to help the swelling go down. But you know that's how crazy it was to block shoot because it was like I'd be doing the final scene, the show is done, Miranda's crying alone at the computer, the episode's over, the season is over, and. I had the feeling of like, oh, I did it. And then it was like, no, actually, now you have to go do improv with these two incredible comedic actors and be funny. And uh, that was very hard. Yeah, for me, it was different. It was like all the stuff kept getting, all my stuff kept getting pushed. And so mm-hmm. my, in the last block of me shooting, they were like, it's all going to be done in one day. So in a single day, I did me on the horse, mm-hmm. me in the, uh, um, magic box. In, the, in the magic box and me in the float it was all in one single day. Like mm-hmm. all of my stuff had somehow got pushed all the way to the end because of scheduling. And, and so those, for that last, for those last three episodes, I was like, it was, it was so intense and crazy to have to do all that. Yeah. We all talked about how bad we felt for Eric that day yeah, because that was bad. The, those, he even downplays it a little bit. Like the inside of the float, was like the first romantic scene. So it's like the first time Miranda has ever seen kissed anyone, whatever. So it's our kissing scene. And so that was a big deal. And it was like inside this huge cutout of a, of a float I'm on a platform, riding, riding like a, a bicycle. bicycle. And then this magic box hours. scene where there's knives being shoved and he's being, he's like on a harness, a harness with Bethany, with Angela, like, and they're all like pretzeled in to each other with knives being shoved by their the faces. Float one, by the way, they were also spraying me in the face with water between mm-hmm. every take. Like it was, uh, and then wiping my lipstick off of your face. And then, that and then hard. the final one is a horse. They has to be on a horse in front of a green screen. So his, his, that day was crazy was for Eric. Day. Yeah. It was, yeah. I can't believe um, it. And it was shot in the middle of the night. Cause our, our days yeah, when I got pushed. on that horse eventually, that was the last thing we did. That was 4am. Yeah. Um, it was crazy. 
So anyway, um, there you go. I don't know. Was this a mess, guys? Did you enjoy this? Was this a horrible idea for it's a podcast for me because like you you haven't like we you haven't watched it we we haven't we don't watched talk it. About we it haven't even. we haven't really even talked about it so to like kind of sit down and and watch it and be and talk about it was really really fun for me it was very strange i don't know how it was to listen to but it was fun to watch it it makes me want to watch it just you and me and like yeah just enjoy it and um yeah but it was it was fun what do you guys think do you want us to do this again should we do another episode do you want us to, would you rather just answer questions? I know it was kind of chaotic with me going like, okay, pause and play and pause and play. And like, I don't know. I've never done this before. It was very stressful for me. So what are your thoughts? How do you feel? We love you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Thank you Our for all Our first ever all denim episode of the podcast. Oh, yeah. Eric's wearing all denim. You can't see his pants, but he's wearing full on. They can see my pants. Oh, they, good. Well, I guess if they're listening, they can't see no, any yeah. of it. Um, but yeah, Eric's in all it's denim. The first ever all denim podcast. In the world? That I know of. I don't know. that. I'm sure someone somewhere has worn all denim in a podcast, Lovey. Not in this one, though. Oh, and also, I'm wearing a shirt from the show. This is um, a costume yeah, I know. from the show. Wearing like a prop this is that one you of stole. the Miranda shirts from the show. Oh, and also, if you love podcasts, which obviously you do, you're listening to this one, I was a guest, uh, a special guest. They called me special. Uh, on my friend's podcast, which is a true crime podcast called Kind of Murdery. My favorite type of murder it's kind of kind of uh so go listen to that my friends evan is making it uh and the people behind it have won oscars academy awards it is a is a great listen so go yeah. check that out kind of murdery um, which episode are you on i Tell think the, the third i think the third one it's It'll great guys name. you should check it out listen to the whole thing subscribe to it uh Definitely check that out. If it's you're amazing. listening to this when this came out, I'm not on Good Trouble tonight, but I will be. The next one is a really fun episode, so you have that to look forward to. Yes. What do you got going on? Um, nothing. Just editing this episode of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Love you guys. And we're going to send off the episode with a beautiful cover of our I love theme this song. One. Me too. This one is so good. Bye, guys. Relájate. Colini y Eric tienen podcast, el mundo acaba y en casa hay que estar con micrófonos grandes grabar. Relájate, es el nombre del podcast. You can relax, Colleen and Eric have a podcast. The world is scary and we're locked in our home, but now we have big microphones. So you can relax, that's the name of our podcast.